We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesus fuck. Um, it doesn't help offering to start the meeting early when you don't show up until This is 15 minutes early, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, but we were already 25 minutes ago. Yeah, well, sometimes uh things come up. Oh, we know what was up. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Jesus Christ. Well, whatever, mm. Ethan, you can't ruin our mood because Matt and I are super juiced up for this podcast. And you want to know why? I do want to know why. Because it is episode 10 of Two Jocks in a Schlub. Cool. You know, you just gave me like like chills. I was like, what, what did I miss? What did I miss? Holy shit, what did I miss? But <laughs> yes, 10. We are double digits. Yeah, wow. We're really We're really doing it. That's the threshold. Like once you get to double digits, then you're off. Then then you're gonna make it. Most people don't even make it to episode ten. We made it. Well, what do we need? Right, well, isn't it? Isn't the whole thing now? Eighty-eight episodes in a movie, right? That's uh, yeah. Ethan, that's a community joke. You'll get it it's, later. It's as you uh, keep... six seasons in a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I already I, I like community. community. Okay. I was yeah. trying to be condescending there, and you, you could have totally just slammed me, but instead you just <laughs> corrected me instead. But... Yeah. Well, that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do. We're All also right. going to um, secretly change your voicemail, <laughs> out, outgoing voicemail to, hi, this is Ethan Ernst. I'm busy riding the Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back later when I'm back from the, the North Pole. <laughs> I don't, okay, so you, maybe you should explain that joke so that people aren't like, why the fuck did he just mention Polar Express? Well, just watch the YouTube video of Ethan on the podcast and then go Google polar express what is the hot chocolate scene or whatever yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do it for the people yeah we'll, we'll put it on social we'll media. put the link in there oh, yeah. okay yeah. all right yeah it's Everyone like a hot chocolate thing it. yeah it really is wonderful who was the first one was it toddy shout out to jay landry yeah jay landry it was jay it was jay yeah. fucking jay was the yeah. first one to ever uh to ever call that out and i remember the first time i saw that i was like oh my god that's perfect that's well, amazing what, what's he even, like i had seen it before i had seen that clip but totally just did did not make the the association, and then it's like, oh, oh yeah. shit, Jay, Jay, you got that. Thank yeah, you. he nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Matt and I were saying like it's amazing for somebody to look that much like you, but to sound like you as well. Like it's just it's too it's too good. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's incredible. <laughs> All right, boys, what do we got on the docket? We have a lot to get to. First, want to do a little housekeeping. I want to say. Peep the Jers, 2-0, top 10 team in the country. We got Auburn coming to Penn State this weekend. We also have rumors circulating that James Franklin is going to bolt for USC, which has me a little bit nervous, but we'll talk about that some other time. I don't want to get into that today. And I am, if you notice on camera, if you're watching on YouTube, drinking out of a glass. Out of a glass, cheers that fucking glass. aroma. Yep, from Cheers in Boston, Massachusetts, Boston. Uh, as the folks up there like to say, I am drinking a peanut butter shake Ooh. from Westbrook Brewing Company. This was a toddy gift to me. So shout out to toddy, my wonderful wife. Thank you so much. It's hey, delicious. Do we have any protagonist copy? 
We gotta we gotta help those guys out, right? Oh yeah, we haven't had any in a while. Yeah, yeah I'll get it next week. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually still need to buy. I want to get like some merch from them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to add to my hat or my yeah. collection. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking about today actually before. Ethan had texted to go a little bit early, even though we didn't actually start too early. But uh, I was thinking about how we definitely need to do something at protagonists, like after college football season, when they're not jammed up with the Ohio State games. Although if Ohio State keeps losing, maybe people aren't going to show up to the bar and we'll get a couple extra Saturdays in. Jammed up with Ohio State games? They're in Ohio State bar. The guys are are from Cincinnati. Read the bio of our sponsors, damn it. I think I did, and I just don't remember. I just don't remember that. (laughs) You know, so 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 speaking of milkshakes, Colin, tomorrow and tomorrow night, Ethan and I are going to be enjoying some delicious milkshakes. Going to Shake Shack? Oh no no no! Milkshake beer. I've got I've got mm. some set aside already. It's called Blazed Orange from Hot Butcher of the World, the Gypsy Brewer up in Chicago. If you want, I'll explain that now. There's no actual location. They just kind of brew wherever they want at breweries in Chicago, but they make a really good beer. Well, they make a lot of really good beers, but this one's an IPA with orange and vanilla in it. It's like a damn creamsicle. It's so good. We're going to have that. Ethan knows for sure that I love creamsicles because I used to steal them from his. Sorry, sorry. I I used to steal them from your freezer downstairs all the time. But (laughs) if you didn't know that already. (laughs) She probably did. She probably like kept count of like everything (laughs) knowing her. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Ethan, are you going to show up late for your date with Matt tomorrow? Uh, I hope not. So we're going, we're going to Camden Yards. Now the problem is that traffic from Northern Virginia or DC to Baltimore is pretty much always shitty, but I'm going to leave early enough. I'm going to leave here like just after two 30. So even if traffic is really bad, I should get there by like four. Yeah. So, so we'll, that's still an hour before the game starts. Yeah. Plenty of time for Wait, us the game's to at five. Games of five because the concert is is afterwards the the ah, Aver Brothers concert yeah, That's, yeah 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 so uh, yeah there's plenty of time to get downtown I'm, I'm, I'll get the parking spot all reserved already and we can we can have some garage beers again exactly that'll be fine yeah that's what we did last time it was cool um oh. had some garage beers in New York City with my brother and sister in law a couple weeks ago it was great I like that practice now uh, <laughs> usurp inflated stadium pricing and have a tasty beer in the confines of your own car. Yeah, it's nice. Now, I'm, I want to, so we, we did prop bets when we went and saw the Yankees and the Mets back in 2018. Now, we don't need to do one now because it's not all three of us together. But what I'm wondering is, so me and Matt are going to the game together tomorrow. Now, uh, when we went to the game earlier in the season, this was obviously before the trade deadline. So Matt's favorite, Joey Gallo, was not on the team yet. So I'm wondering, you know, is there some sort of wager that we should make or something about how many times Gallo's going to strike out tomorrow and how mad Matt's going to be about it? You know what I mean? Is he going to strike out four times over four with four strikeouts? Absolutely within the realm of possibility. How about could, he if, hit, could he hit two homers and walk two times? Maybe. How about if Gallo doesn't strike out tomorrow, Matt buys his tickets to the World Series when the Yankees make it? <laughs> that's a steep that's a steep bet right there that's uh that's an expensive bet oh, how yeah, about but this? what are the chances realistically yeah, this? if he doesn't fun. strike if he doesn't strike out tomorrow i will i will go 50 percent on world series tickets that's still pretty fucking bold <laughs> that's, that's dude. all right I, I'll, I'll pull it out of i'll pull out of my bonus money or something oh jesus i mean matt's chances got to be pretty good it's got to be I, like getting struck by lightning i, say, I yeah. feel pretty confident in that back i actually I yeah say. well i was gonna say i we can probably look this up we don't need to do it right now but i'm sure that we can look it up and see how many games there are this season that gallo has not had a strikeout yeah and I suspect that it's very few. It's, um, it's got to be, yeah. It's got to be. I mean, every time, dude, I look, now I look at the box score every day just to see, because we've been like joking about it so much. Every day, there's at least one strikeout every fucking day. I don't think I've seen one with zero since he joined the team. Now, granted, that's only like a month and a half, but still. So, <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the bet. I'm just saying, I'm, I'll take it. I mean, it would be great if, if Gallo went a game without striking out. You know, I mean, with our with our luck, he would just ground out to the shift for you know four times. But um, the Yankees was, aren't going to make the World Series this year, though. So that's the other. They suck. Right? They're not even going to make the fucking playoffs. Whoa, whoa, whoa! They're in a playoff spot right now. They suck. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They're a half game back because both Tampa and Boston won today. So we <sighs> are not in a playoff spot right now. Jesus. Coming into today, I think is what Colin meant. Yeah, I know, but I'm being yeah. a dick. Matt's, being pedantic. Matt's being the yeah. bad dick. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> <dick>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's gonna be my that's, take for I was this week. Say, there's the image. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I hope I hope it at least looks good. I hope I get a good V there. You know, maybe I should get like a soundboard so I can <laughs> record that. That's a pretty good time. I want to say it just fell dick, fell dick. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, everyone who knows me. All, All right, right boys. you should apologize more often for that. What yeah, What sorry, are you drinking ahead, here before we we move on to some topics? I so I don't have any beer left except for the um, the barrel aged stout that I'm saving for at some point when two or three of us are hanging out. So I had this random like cocktail thingy that I got at a wedding uh, a couple of months ago. So I'm just having that. And uh, I've got a Holy Mountain King's Head, a double oatmeal and uh, brown ale aged in bourbon barrels, 2018 vintage. I have to say, gentlemen, it's it's pretty tasty. Yeah, would you give it on untapped or what are you going to give it? Uh, four and a quarter. Okay, that's that's solid. I think I gave mine four and a quarter today or four fifty, something like that. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. I don't, I don't throw out above fours very often. So. I was going to say, yeah, for people like Matt going above four is, uh, is, is high praise. Well, really for geeks, for beer geeks who are also engineers, I mean, I'm trying to make my ratings on untapped fit the normal bell curve, the normal, normal distribution of data. So, right. you know, I want to make sure that my, my five, my five cap ratings are, two or three standard deviations from the mean, you know, you just have to make sure that, that you, uh, you really, really, <laughs> okay. You guys can tell me to shut up now, but you know, I, the, the data has gotta be, it's gotta be a normal set. I mean, I don't want any yeah. outliers. I don't want any, any distribution. <laughs> yeah. Dude, fucking go for it. We're not going to tell you to shut up. Talk about data sets as much Seriously. as you want. No, yeah. I, I, that's work stuff. I can hmm. leave that there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. I like it. Isn't that, isn't that like the Futurama joke you were talking about? Like normal distribution or something? There was something with distribution, I thought. Um, Some sort of math joke that was like specific. I mean, there's plenty of math like that. There. Yeah, yeah. Futurama there was one written we by like about, seven PhD remember. mathematicians. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. What um, lots of got? physics jokes in there too, but anyway, yeah. yeah. All right, first I have a shout out to the Slovena, Hannah Lichtenstein. It is her first week working for the Washington football team. So Yay. we just want to wish her well, fan of the show frequent guest as well hannah we hope you're killing it we know you're killing it and sometime soon you'll get to hang out with ethan so good luck to you good luck. that's right good luck and sorry yeah <laughs> just kidding ethan you're wonderful oh yeah mm-hmm. all right i thought we could so i have a bunch of baseball topics that we'll get into next i think uh we'll not rapid fire but we'll we'll keep them concise and compact uh, but first i want to cover a couple things from the nfl NFL opening weekend was this past weekend. Matt and I, and I guess Ethan as an extension, we all had terrible weeks for our team. The Giants and the Packers laid huge, awful games. It was terrible. Uh, I had a great fantasy week, um, so that was something nice from the NFL. But Saquon, I think, had the same amount of yards as his jersey number, which is not a lot, 26. And uh, definitely looks like he's, you know, still running off the rust of his ACL surgery. And Aaron Rodgers looked like he wanted to be anywhere but the Green Bay's Pack, I mean, Green Bay Packers quarterback. Bring, um, at least bring back the weird porn stash, Aaron. Like he just looks like he's <laughs> Lieutenant Dan right now, coming back from Vietnam and just like doesn't give a shit. Like now, I mean, I know he he's he's Joe Cool anyway, and he's Mister Conundrum or what? Not conundrum. What's, I don't know. Not the, can't remember the word I'm thinking of, but he's kind of confusing as it is. So maybe he, you know, pulls something out of his ass and they get things together. But enigma, uh, enigma. There we go. That's a good yeah. one. Um, but I mean, it's only one week. Let's, yeah, let's not but, overreact. But but there was a pretty good article out there today, and I can't remember who where I read it, but um, it was like they found they found Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite, and they did a statistical analysis. If you play two deep safeties against him, which like the Bears, the Saints, and the Bucks do, he he's average. Like he's still like a quarterback rating of like a hundred, but he's average compared to if there if you play a single deep coverage, so either one deep or a cover three or any sort of kind of uh, derivation of that, he destroys you. He absolutely destroys you. So they're they're talking like maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's his his kryptonite, that's and uh, hopefully other people don't catch on there. But I mean, it also could just be because he's old. Yeah, but Tom Brady's old. Yeah, well, Tom Brady is the exception to the rule. Yeah, Peyton but Manning Rogers broke is down. The reigning MVP. Drew Brees so, broke down. It doesn't matter. Eventually, Father MVP. Time catches up with you. He's modeling yeah. his diet and workout regimen like Tom. He Ugh. wants to be around forever. God. He's going to play another four years. 
Yeah, well, it won't be with the Packers, and I hope it's not with the Giants either. Don't say that. As an NFL owner, I'm going to do nothing (laughs) because I I own a piece of paper, and that's it. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sad now, so. Yeah, well, why you guys are enjoying the Yankee game and the concert tomorrow, I'll be watching the Giants take on Hannah's Washington football team and probably losing to a backup quarterback for Washington. But Oh, is it are they already doing Thursday night football? I thought they yeah. waited a couple weeks. So. No, they did the Bucks and the Cowgirls uh, were the first. Oh, yeah, but I thought that was just for kickoff. Week. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no, they get right into it now. Oh, man. Are they doing 17-game season now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did oh, start only, that. There's only three preseason games this year, so. Okay. Yeah. Money, money, baby. Yeah. Yeah. For preseason, 16 weeks playoffs. Right. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on the fun side though, of the NFL, I want to know what you guys think about this and maybe we could talk about how major league baseball could replicate something like this. Obviously major league baseball had a lot of success with the field of dreams game. And I think from another sports standpoint, it's hard for them to replicate because there isn't really a movie like Field of Dreams for, you know, maybe Space Jam, like trying to replicate some type of moron mountain or something like that. But it's not real, you know, whereas like Field of Dreams was a cornfield in Iowa. You know, that was something that was easy to replicate. And there's the romanticism behind baseball, et cetera. But the NFL uh, starting on, I think uh, tonight, actually. Uh, we, we, we already missed it because we're recording after Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Nickelodeon. They are airing NFL Slime Time with CBS's Nate Burleson, Nickelodeon star Young Dylan, and the daughter of Adam Schefter, Dylan. And uh, I just started thinking about the kids cast during the Little League World Series. I was listening to that when they did the Sunday night game because I hate listening to Feskersen and A-Rod. I mean, those kids, Monet Davis, all of them were way better than those two clowns. And I think, you know, this slime time thing, they did the playoff game last year where they were like dumping the slime over them. You know, when they scored touchdowns, like they said their viewership went bonkers, like off the charts. Like, I think it's so cool. And of course it's the fucking NFL that, you know, pulls this off. You know, maybe the NBA could do it too. Major league baseball is never going to sniff anything like this. It would take way too many old white dudes to get into agreement, but I just think it's super cool. I also think it's really cool that Adam Schefter's uh, daughter, uh, Dylan is uh, getting some recognition here with it too. Yeah. Do you want me to, do you want me to have the fun answer? Or you want me to have the boring answer? <laughs> you have whatever answer you want, Matthew. I'll say the fun answer is I guess I think it's really cool. And uh, I remember texting back and forth with my friend, Matt in Cleveland just about how entertaining it was like, you know, make it goofy and bring some levity in there. You know, sometimes some of the, some of the commentary got a little annoying, but for the most part, I mean, I, I mean, hell you just watch one game with Tony Romo with me and I get freaking annoyed. So, uh, but the boring answer is, <laughs> well, this all happened because of corporate media behemoths and Viacom owned CBS and they also <laughs> own Nickelodeon so they can share the talent between the two stadiums and use their two broadcast deals to use to anyway. So by no, on CBS <laughs> and Nickelodeon, that's, you know, I mean, but, but where this could happen elsewhere, Disney owns ESPN and ABC. So we do something like that. Come on guys. And then NBC. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's Comcast and universal, but you know, no one cares about NBC. They're, 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 they're the, they're the third right now. They're down in the Fox. Yeah. Notre Dame know. still plays yeah. on NBC. So yeah. Yeah. Except last week's game wasn't even on NBC. It was on yeah. Peacock. You get Peacock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really hope Toledo would have won. <laughs> it would have been great. <laughs> Sorry. I'm salty today. I'm Give it to, <laughs> give it to us, Slav. What, what do you think about the slime? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, I think Matt's corporate answer is right on. And I think that the NFL, um, out of all the major sports, has by far the worst image. And so they're, they're trying to work on that. Uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's, I think it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, they're having fun. They're being goofy and that's great. I, I don't think that the, like Roger Goodell and the owners, like, I don't think that they have, uh, um, I don't think they're doing anything out of the goodness of their heart. You you don't think, think you don't think that this is aimed toward getting younger viewers interested in the game of football. I think maybe it is, but I'm just saying like, they aren't making a decision like this out of like the principle of Let's involve young people in sports. Yeah. Even saying it's, it's a money, desperation. Money, money, yeah, money. We, we dollar need to make sure we preserve popularity for the league. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. you're you're the 
league leader in popularity right now. You don't want to give that up. I mean, that that's why I'm saying like, it's so dumb that major league baseball probably wouldn't even ever consider anything like this. Like they, they are dying for younger viewers. Yeah. And I mean, this, this is like a slam dunk, easy thing to do. And I just, I wouldn't, I can never see it happen. Yeah. Also, I don't, I don't know what it would take. This is, this is a separate thing and we don't need to go, go um, down this road, but just this idea of the NFL having lots, you know, going after younger viewers and MLB really lacking them. One thing that has always seemed like a really easy fix to me is to make the games earlier, like 7 PM games, let alone 8 PM games. They're a fucking pain in the ass for adults and for kids. They go on forever. They're late. People are tired by that point. They want to eat their dinner and chill and whatever. They don't want to like sit in front of the TV until 11 o'clock with a slow ass baseball game. So like in addition to the pacing stuff that we talked about a few weeks ago, like make the games fucking earlier. I mean, I, that's not going to be like a silver bullet or anything by any means, but I, but I feel like you got to at least you got to remove obstacles. Like it's almost like MLB is just allowing very obvious obstacles to be there. At least remove the fucking obstacles. If you're not going to like actively try other stuff. Yeah. You know, but, no, yeah, no, but when do you start like, the games? Like five, six. I mean, they, they were just getting out of with work. six and six thirty start times uh, in Cleveland and in New York and a couple other cities the past couple of years. So they are looking at it, but I think it's like a half measure, right? I mean, like yeah. six thirty is pretty much seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially when the first inning takes a half hour. Right, and Kyle, you're right. I mean, that is that's cutting it super close to like when people get out of work. So there's there's not a there's not a great solution here. Um, but. I mean, yeah, they, they've, they've got to try something if they want, if they want young fans, they got to make some sort of effort. Now, the one thing I'll bring up is, is be wary of too much of a good thing though. Um, and, and I think, I think it was a dead spin article. So you can poo poo that, but um, <laughs> I mean, do you remember where they had the last, you know, miracle on ice game or whatever the hell they call it? Mm-hmm. NHL classic mm-hmm. was in like the cotton bowl. I think right. I may have talked about this. Oh, episode. yeah, this Sorry, sounds familiar. Listeners. Like, yeah, like no one, no one cared about it anymore because they did it so damn much that it became right. not special anymore. So, right. um, I think the White Sox and who is it going to be next year? White Sox or Red or no, Cubs and me. someone else for the Cubs Field of Dreams and, game uh, next year? That'll be fun. That'll be good. Cubs and yeah. Cards. Cubs and Reds. I think it's Cubs, Cubs and Reds. And Cubs and Reds. Cubs. Yeah, um, like that. That's a good move. But you know, don't mm-hmm. don't don't overdo it. Don't over overkill it same with the nfl um yeah, yeah that's fair. don't don't make slime time every freaking touchdown but yeah um, i mean that's that's baseball's problem in general right is that there's too much of it yeah. there's 162 games you know football doesn't have to worry about this they play on weekends so the majority of people don't work on weekends and they can start games you know all throughout the day and have people show up have people watch it on tv go to bars tailgate have fun. But when you're playing every single day and people have, you know, regular life, school work and the such, it makes it really, it's the same problem. <laughs> you know, there's, there's just too much baseball and that's why it makes it harder. I think to be able to maybe change some of these things as much as we would love to see it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go through a bunch of baseball topics here and we don't need to do rapid fire, but we have a lot and I want to make sure we could get through as much as we can. So let's try to stay concise with our words. Well, everybody knows that being concise is basically my greatest strength. So <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure this is going to go really well. All right. Before I give you the first one, somebody give me a Yankee score update. Cause I got to know what it is before I say it. Oh man. I, last I saw was two nothing, but that was like 10 minutes ago. So um, yeah, it's two nothing in the bottom of the fifth. Hey, yeah, hot okay. dang, Nest, nasty nester still only giving up two hits. Okay, well, my hot take then is that the Baltimore Orioles should be relegated to a different league, like <laughs> in soccer over in Europe. Did you guys see the Toronto series over the weekend? I wrote down the stat in four innings they scored twenty seven runs. The Yankees' run differential, like at that point in the season, was plus thirty four or something like that, and the Blue Jays scored 27 runs in four innings against Holy the fuck. Orioles. The Orioles, what do they have? 48 wins or something like that. Yep. I mean, they are yep. beyond tanking right now. It is just so disgraceful. And, and this isn't like 
The Orioles do this all the time. Like they're worse than the Rays because they've been around for fucking ever. Like they had that, that year with Cal Ripken senior when he was the manager that they started like, Oh, and 33 or whatever, like the, the Orioles, for whatever reason, it's not like they're this small market. They continue mm-hmm. to put out shit teams. Like, and they have an actual them, fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Put them in AAA and bring up some hotshot AAA program. I bet you they could, you know, at least give more effort than the fucking Orioles do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, but that's the, that's the problem is the AAA teams are just extension of all the majors teams. What are you going to do? Like any AAA team is just going to be flopped with the majors team that it, that it represents. Like, well, ask all Yankee fans and all their, their minor leaguers better than their major leaguers. So <laughs> Ooh. yeah, Ooh. <laughs> the, uh, the Diamondbacks are almost as bad. Yeah, and I the actually... Diamondbacks aren't like, always really bad yeah the right. orioles they, yeah they were just in the race bad. like a year or two ago yeah the orioles have been really horrible for most of our lives i do want to say though they've they they have 46 wins right now they're 46 and 98 which obviously is uh, you know really bad but it wasn't that long ago i think this was in the early 2000s uh or the mid aughts 2003 2006 something where the detroit tigers went like 43 and 119 for yeah. an entire season i think it was so, 2003 2003 so it, yeah. it could be worse the Orioles already have three more games than that team did it in the entire season so but yeah no they're garbage and they've been shitty for so long they do have that one guy who's like like the top prospect or one of the top prospects in the game that catcher I think Adley Rutschman or something right something yeah, like that so- sounds right yep yeah but like yeah it's kind of depressing to see that like you know we were talking about the Rays on one of these uh, recent episodes about how how amazing they've been for like a decade at this point or more um of just being like really consistently not just competitive, but like really fucking good a lot of times with no fan base, with a, with a notoriously shitty stadium and spending so little money. The Orioles, on the other hand, are this amazing franchise with an amazing, long, decorated history, so many wonderful players, a beautiful ballpark, you know, uh, they do spend some money. Yeah, like a fan base, they don't they don't have a fucking excuse. Like I it's 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 pretty sad to watch. Okay, but I will throw this out there. When's the last time they made the playoffs, guys? It was recent. Yeah, they had like they had like one randomly good year. No, they made it in 2016. They made yeah, it in 2014. Yeah. They made it in 2012. Yep. When and Adam then, Jones was was in his prime leading the the way, they they were good for a minute. And then 96 97. How many right. wins how many wins did they have in like 12 14 16? 12 they up? were the they were the wild card. Uh, yeah, so 12, them. they were 93 wins. 14, they were 96 wins. 16, they were 89 wins. All right, that's actually better than I expected. I figured maybe they squeaked in on the wild card with like 87 wins or something. Yeah, but what did, what did you just read off, Matt? Five playoff appearances in since 30 seasons? And since 1996, yeah. But I don't think they made the playoffs any time before that. Uh, Not since they won the World Series in the 80s. 83, yeah. Yeah. I mean that, it, like Ethan said, it's disgraceful for a franchise like, like that. You should, I don't know, you should want more playoff appearances. I feel like in like a thirty or whatever, however many year span. And like there, if the if the Rays didn't exist as the Devil Rays, then the Orioles were the worst team in the late nineties. Yeah, outside of those couple of years that they made the playoffs, like when they were bad, they were terrible. Like that ninety eight season when the Yankees pushed them around and then they got into the brawl with Tino and uh, Armando, uh, Benitez. Armando Benitez ah, and everything. Those that. Orioles were terrible. Like, and, and then they just got worse and hey, worse as Ripken. I mean, aged. That, that was like a 500 team. They were 79 and 83. Ugh. They're but, I, I but, just can't but stand them. Now, if you go back to 2018, their winning percentage is 290. So uh, yeah. since well, in, 2018, in 2018, they were 47 and 115. Oh, so they so they're chase they were chasing the Tigers that year. Yeah, they were going for it. Jesus and this Lord. this is my point. This is what I'm saying. Like the Tigers had that historical season. They at least started to build up, and then they had that really incredible run with Miggy and you know all those those great players. I don't see how the Orioles ever pull off anything like that. First off, in the AL East, but second, like how how can you be? that bad year over year how can you be known as like the last organization to embrace any type of analytics obviously we we all agree here that like if you take analytics too far that it hurts you like it's hurt the yankees but like 
people who, I mean, Buck Showalter still walks around the Yes Network and you know, walks around Yankee Land like this revered legend when he was like the key person saying no, no, no to analytics and drove the or- Orioles organization after he helped build it up. He drove it down into yeah. the ground. This was several years ago, right? Like if the Orioles had embraced analytics at that point, they would I probably be in much better shape. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have signed Chris Davis. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm, Jesus Crush. Christ. Yeah, for real. Yeah. 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 No, that's a that's a really good point. Yep. To everyone out there who doesn't get that joke, Chris Davis has got like he just retired. Uh, he still has like four years left on his contract. The Orioles owe him something ridiculous like he signed one of the most lucrative baseball contracts ever and then proceeded to essentially, I mean, probably, you know, Ethan could have done better with a bat at the plate. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I could have, I mean, had, I could he have had like him, at one point the longest streak in the history of the majors of like, no, not getting a hit <laughs> yeah. uh, for a professional. That's not a set. That's not a streak you want to set. So, no. Um, yeah. He had like two really good years where he hit a lot of homers. And, and, but other than that, he was like below replacement level, like fucking garbage. But yep. anyways, it would be great for baseball. Like I feel bad shitting on the Orioles so much. It would be great if they were good, if they were competitive, like being, being this, like uh, this, this franchise with such history and everything in the AL East, like if you had the Yankees, the Sox and the Orioles, like consistently good, let alone the Jays and the Rays. I mean, the Rays, I figure we can count on the Jays would be awesome too, but like, it would be good for baseball. Like that competition would be really cool. Um, and it would be cool to see like Baltimore's fan base get energized, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and think about it since, since 1990. So even though this has been a time of Yankees talents, you've had the Jays win one or two world series, right? You've had yeah, the Red Sox two. win a couple, Four. you've had the Rays get to two. Um, you've had the Yankees obviously, and then nothing eh, in Baltimore. Nothing. Like, I think the only reason they still have attendance is because they're close enough to other other metro areas that other fans i mean it's like it's like camden yard or it's like yankee stadium south i mean yeah. there'll probably be more yankees fans there tomorrow night Ethan, than there will be jace or right oh, or orioles fans yeah both. yeah i bet you're right 100 i yeah. and i the last thing i'll say on this i wrote this without saying it directly in my book the al east and probably the nl east although definitely more of the al east because you know i guess you could say what you want to say about Miami and Atlanta, but there is no reason that these teams shouldn't be spending a lot of money. Shouldn't be competitive. Like those five teams in the AL East, every single season should be some of the the best teams in baseball. And we just haven't ever seen it in our lifetime. And I just, I just can't get around how much that sucks for baseball because you know, to, to your point, Ethan, like get a big city like Baltimore, the DC area, get fucking Toronto going again with Canada and all the, everything that comes with that. Yeah, like Toronto's a huge city too. Yeah. And, and like when they were good with Joey bats and everything, how electric that was and how much fun that was. Like, even as, you know, obviously I don't want to see the blue Jays beat the Yankees, but yeah. it just makes no sense to me that the five teams, obviously they have to play each other a lot. They're going to beat up on each other regardless, but there's just no reason that they any of them should act like they're small market teams or that they can't compete with the Yankees or the Red Sox or blah blah blah. Yeah, it's um, nonsense. You know, maybe maybe Tampa again. You know, the, those Florida teams, it's it's kind of fickle down there in Florida, but yeah, still Tampa makes way more money as I've said before than they will ever let on, and they pocket way 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 too much money that they could be spending on players. Yeah. Well, hey, I think we did a really good job being concise on that one. Yeah, I actually almost made that same joke. <laughs> Next topic. Moving right along. All right. This one, Matt, I want you to start with this because you are the Cleveland guy and your Cleveland baseball team was no hit for the third time this season. How Three did I not see that? times Holy in one shit. season. The Brewers. That's dubious. How? A dubious distinction. I mean... In their defense, <laughs> oh, don't they have Jose Ramirez? They've got they've got him, sir. Yeah, um, and you know the, they've never had a winning or a losing season under under Tito. Just throwing that out there, they've been mediocre to mediocrely good for a while, but um, no losing seasons. That's cool. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Are they having a losing season now without him? 
I think I think they're hovering right around 500. I think there's a chance they have a losing season, which is, I mean, that that's another kind of sad story. I'll just go go back to you know, sorry to all my Cleveland friends, but you, I mean, before the Red Sox, they had the the record for consecutive sellouts to major leagues. Um, yep. And to see, I don't know if it was because the Browns left. I don't know what caused that, but and since then, uh, attendance has plummeted, and that's been kind of the management and the team ownerships um, excuse they're not making the money and they're not going to invest in the team. So you'll see the, the shot in the dark, occasional big signings. I think Encarnacion and uh, Swisher are two of the ones I can remember. Um, But what's, what's a shame is you see people like Lindor saying, I want to stay. I love it here. The fans are great. And I like the city, you know, even though it's a mistake on a lake, like everyone, you know, it's such a, Die hard but welcoming community. Um, if you know you don't have the toxic media like there, like you have in New York, you don't have you have fans that are just happy that you're winning, um, but they're not showing that that happiness in the stands until playoffs come. Um, so you, you see one of the lowest attendance numbers there. So you, you, you don't see the investment in the team that you'd hope. Uh, I mean, they're trying to, to emulate the Braves, and if you remember your um, Moneyball. The, vid, the opening of the video there. I mean, Jonah Hill's character was hired from Cleveland. So they do have, I mean, they have some, some kind of breakthrough analytics teams. The Yankees pitching coach right now was hired from the Indians because they seem to like grow Cy Young award-winning pitchers in the Ohio corn. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's tough. That's, that's tough to see that. It's tough to see them not perform. They are a better team than that. They are a better team than their 70 and 73 record. Um Damn, what I do I wish that the, the city supported them more? Yeah. But also, did I love being able to randomly get seven dollar seats to a weeknight game? Yes. Sure. That was also nice. It was also a nice uh uh kind of um outcome of their of their low attendance. Um it's not that they're not putting in the money to the stadium. Like 10 years ago, they invested a bunch of money in the stadium for a, a large upgrade. They're doing it again. They just reached an agreement with the county to do it again to upgrade the stadium once more. They also made a big statement with the team about, hey, we want our team offices to be right in the city too. So on the third base side, the left field side of the stadium, there's an office building. That's where the team offices are headquartered too. None of this, we're going to have an office building outside. We want the team and everything headquartered downtown. Um, So, I mean, the players and the organization, I feel like it has made a commitment to the city. Um, sorry, this strayed way from the uh, why were they no hit a third time question, but I don't I mean, know. I guess it's what I'm probably all related is, yeah. is, is you'd like to see a little bit more investment in the players there. They do do a good job of growing them um, from their system, um, but they're, they're just not doing it quick enough to assemble a team like the Rays and make it all the way, you know, the, the, the World Series a couple years ago was a great shot, and I still remember that Rajai Davis home run because I actually had given up that night. And I remember sprinting back downstairs and turning the TV on and go yelling and waking up everyone in the house, going, "Holy shit! Holy shit! They tied the game!" Um, and I'll tell you, being in the city for LeBron winning the championship again, you just see how much the city loves the sports teams there. But yeah, um, I wasn't concise there either. So no hit I'm three times up. in a season, Jesus. Yeah. What's and the record? Yeah, it, I want to know what the record is. It, it in uh, especially now without the sticky stuff, we got no hit without without sticky stuff because right, I'm, right. I'm willing to say maybe one of those three no hitters doesn't happen with, with without spider tack or whatever you want to say, but all three. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Now the Brewers do have a sick pitching staff this year. I will say that it's true. Um, I mean, they've got what three really good frontline starters. Um, they've got the lowest, oh, second lowest, uh, excuse me, third lowest runs allowed in the, in the national league behind only the giants and the Dodgers. Um, so they do have a fairly dominant pitching staff. Um, but yeah, well, not a good look. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, we'll go from we'll go from sad and we'll, we'll give this one to Ethan and we'll go to happy Mad Max had his 3000 strikeout over this past weekend. Again, I think a very quiet 3000 strikeouts for lack of a better word. Um, I don't know why he's in Los Angeles now. It's not like he's in a big, uh, not in a big market. Uh, he obviously played a bulk of his career in DC and Detroit's no small city either. Uh, but you know, one of the best pitchers of our generation quietly gets his 3000 strikeout and, um, you know, life moves on in major league baseball, but I still think it's a pretty incredible accomplishment. It's absolutely amazing. And I think part of the reason that I feel the same way about like when Miggy got his 500th Homer, I think that part of it is just because we are all so inundated with stuff all the time. It just, it doesn't, those kind of things don't stick out the way they used to, you know what I mean? Like, like MLB, like they, their social media presence to their credit is, is really cool. And so like whenever that shit happens, like they, they post really cool, like graphics and videos of these guys and all sorts of cool posts and everything. But in the world of the internet in 2021, you know, uh, that's just not going to make that much noise. So I think that that's part of it, but you're right that it's a great accomplishment. And I also think that in the same way, we're probably never going to see a 300 game winner again. I think we'll see 3000 strikeouts, but I think it's going to become more rare as time goes by. Um, I think just with the way that baseball is sort of trending, these starters who really throw enough innings to get that many strikeouts are few and far between already. And I, and I think that that will probably only, only increase, but a wonderful thing to see. And, and he has had such an incredible career. I can't remember if I talked about this on the pod already, but, um, he was kind of a late bloomer. Like he was only okay. So normally with baseball players, we expect their, their prime years to be like 26, 27, 28 maybe 29, right? We expect those to be like the very best years a lot of times in a player's career. Scherzer was only like, okay, those years. It was like in his thirties where he like figured something out. Uh, I might be wrong, 28 or 29, he might've gotten really good. I'd have to look, but in his thirties are when he's, yeah. In his thirties is when he's had like his best seasons. Um, and so it's just kind of cool to see that. And, and, you know, he's famous for his intensity and his devotion um and uh yeah so i think that's super cool oh and also he's a fucking good dude he does this thing when he was here in dc with the nationals he did this thing with like dog adoption where i think he like ran a fundraiser or something for like shelter dogs or something and even this year after he got traded he still made it happen in dc he still like funded it or whatever i can't remember exactly what it was but something to do with dog adoption matt does that sound familiar yeah that sounds right yeah so like he's a good dude too, you know. So it's um at least by all accounts, uh, from what we from what we know. And so so very cool to see. He's also got two different colored eyes. <laughs> and uh I watched a video just kind of it was it was entitled Why Don't Major League Players Bunt More? But part of the video showed him breaking his own nose while trying to bunt. <laughs> but oh, this is also funny that happened a couple <laughs> years ago. But yeah, really, really intense guy, really good guy, really um a huge uh, student of pitching. I mean, they said that he's insatiable with video, watching his own mechanics, 
and trying to figure out how to make himself even better. Even when he's having Cy Young caliber seasons, how do I get even better? Um, which uh, uh, now the other thing, I think we talked about earlier in the year in the pod, uh, he also does not like to be touched. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do not, do not slap Max Scherzer on the butt. <laughs> Mad Max will yell at you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now he's only 10 behind uh, Verlander for the, the active lead and strikeouts. Oh, yeah. Cool. And uh, he's done it in two, two fewer seasons in the majors. Oh, wow. Okay. And Verlander's out the rest of this season, right? Is he? I was wondering, I was like, I haven't heard anything about him this year. Yeah. Yeah. Some, uh, I don't know if it was elbow, some type of arm related, obviously. Yeah. He pitched six innings last year and that was it. So yeah, must've, must've been some big injury. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So you guys think that the getting no hit, three times one season stat was mind blowing. I'm going to leave us with one other thing. I was doing a little bit of research when the Yankees were going through their recent funk. I was driving back with my daughter from the beach. And one of the ways that she sleeps is listening to old Yankee videos. And we are listening and the 2000 Yankees at one point in September 2000 world champion Yankees, obviously they were two time defending champions. That's the biggest difference between then and now. Uh, went three and 15 during a stretch in September of that year. The crazy thing about that three and 15 stretch is at one point they didn't have a lead for 63 straight innings. Wait, this is the Yankees in 2000, the Yankees in 2000, 63 straight innings. You know how many games that is? Uh, seven. That's a week worth of games. Holy fuck. (laughs) To not have a lead. Man, if we were, if I was like old enough at the time and I had the same like thought processes then as I do now, I would have said like, fuck this team, totally done. And then they won the World Series. Holy shit. In September. In That's September, unbelievable. 63 unbelievable. straight innings. And then they went scoreless in the first 16 innings of the American League Championship Series against the Mariners before they ended up winning that series, obviously. What a fucking weird team. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, that's dead. I think it's a very classic example, though, of baseball is a really good sport for stats and numbers like that. But it also really beautifully illustrates how quickly things can turn around because you can look like dog shit and then all of a sudden just turn it on. And again, the biggest difference there is those Yankees were two time defending champions with a lot of really great Hall of Fame players on their team. This Yankee version and any team that's going through a funk right now. You know, nobody's going to match what that specific Yankee team went through. But just to know that they were two-time defending champions, trying to get into October, go 3-15, and go without a lead for 63 straight innings, then go without a lead for 16 innings in the playoffs against a team that ended up winning 116 regular season games the next season. Like, it's just – it's crazy to think about that – yeah, it ended up working out, obviously, and they won their third in a row. But I, I was just blown away. I had to, I had to actually look it up to like, did they just make it up in the video? But it was for real. That is wild. Huh. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's get to what everybody has been waiting for. When I say everybody, I talking about Matt and Ethan. We have a mailbag question to get to to end this episode. Matt or Ethan, actually. Take it away. You want me? Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> so we're going to do this. All right. So uh, podcast super fan, Joe Filio. Uh, shout out. Shout out. Um, was was interested in, in a discussion on the idea of, of sports unifying communities and the impact that that sort of uh, um, various political ideals and or movements can have on that. Um, So this obviously is a sensitive subject and I'm usually, I usually don't give a shit about sensitive subjects. Usually I just fucking (laughs) plow right through it. Um, But I'm going to try to be more diplomatic for, for once in my life. Um, I really like the idea of, I know, right? Shocker. Um, (laughs) I really like the idea of, sports unifying communities i think that's great and i do think that that is what uh what regions should should shoot for right um 
And it's probably true to a certain extent. Yeah, I think it is true to a certain extent, but I do think right now things are so polarized. And and I think what, what like Filio and, and other people, many people would say about this, right, is, you know, that the, the politics that are kind of happening, the polarization that are, that's happening really takes away from that. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I also don't, I kind of think it's inescapable at this point. I think that literally every facet of our lives has sort of come to be dominated by that polarization. Um, did I say that right? Polarization? Yeah. yeah. It felt weird coming out. Um, so I don't know that you really avoid it. Um, I, I think it's so it's complicated. So like, obviously, one of the hot button things involved with this would be like um, players kneeling during the national anthem. Okay. Um, I think, well, I'm just here. Now I'm going to be blunt uh, and, and not worry about being so diplomatic. Um, I don't think, I don't think we should even have the national anthem um, because I think that patriotism is garbage. Um, I just think it's a garbage notion. And I think that humanity should have grown out of it by now. Um, and I think that if you are, if you're caring, if you're caring more about the people who just happen to be born within a few miles of you, if you're caring about them more than you care about like all of the humans on earth, um, I just, I, I don't really respect your, your, uh, your sense of morality. Um, you sh at this point, it's fucking 2021. You should be thinking about humanity at large. So, so I think patriotism is garbage. I think this whole idea of we have to, we have to stand up and, and hold our hand to our hearts and sing along and blah, 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 blah. I don't like it. Um, if we could come up with some sort of global thing that was about humanity overall, great. That's fine. Um, anyways, all of this to say, I wish there was just no national anthem at all. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I'm in, I'm in a very, very tiny minority with these opinions. Um, I do think that players absolutely can kneel if they want to and should. Um, it's freedom of speech. And I think that protesting these days, there was a lot of talk about this last summer. Whether whether you're talking about Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ rights, whatever whatever thing you're talking about, um, no matter how you protest, the people who disagree with you are going to shit all over you and say you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't say it that way, you shouldn't do it that way. So, like, basically, one of the things we saw last year with like Black Lives Matter is, no matter how people protested, you know, the people who were against it were just like, eh. That's so shitty. Don't do it. Like, shut the fuck up or whatever. Shut up and play. Um, people, people are allowed to protest. It's free speech in this country. That is one good thing about this country. Uh, not worth patriotism, but there is free speech. Okay. And if, if you can't, if you can't handle people just like silently protesting, that's, that's like a really, that's a really big problem, I think. Um, so I don't know, it's a difficult issue. Like I said, I understand this idea of wanting sports to unify communities and how um, and how these various protests and things are just politics in general, athletes talking about politics can be really divisive. I get that. And I understand that um, that is that can be really difficult for some people to swallow. I also think at this point in time, it's kind of cowardly to to just pretend that you're just on the fence and to not to not stand for something. Because I do think that we actually are in a very crucial time. And I think that if you aren't strongly standing for something, I, I find that to be a problem. Um, so I don't, I guess all of this is to say, as long as the national anthem keeps getting played at games, and as long as politics are as polarizing as they are, you're going to have people protesting. And you're going to have athletes expressing their opinions on social media and in interviews, whatever. And the polarization is just going to continue. There's not, there's not going to be some sort of unity, which sucks. Um, but I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I see it. I know that that was, sorry, that was a much longer tangent than I meant to go on. No, but. no, I was, I was enjoying that. I was, I, yeah. you know, am I going to be the one that's a little more intense with this though? Like maybe. So, well, you, so, you had some good facts and figures. Yeah, but I'll also start with this. I, I, I do like the idea of sports unifying communities, but don't don't say that that's the only, like, you've got Dodgers and Giants fans beating each other into fucking comas in the parking lot. So, True. like, don't True. say that that's unifying communities. 
you've got Ohio State and Michigan fans that are literally getting in fights and slashing people's tires and, you know, entire states that won't use the letter M, which, by the way, Ohio State fans, that's dumb. Just, you know, whatever. It's M. <laughs> just you're going to beat Michigan anyway because they stink. Um, just keep beating them anyway. But it's not unifying community. It's people feed on that rivalry. I love the Yankees Red Sox. I love seeing CC Sabathia get in the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays players' faces and throw at them and scream at them. I, I, I run, you know, I, I, I get excited about that competition. And I think that's, you know, that's part of sports. And again, if, if anything, it gives people kind of the rallying cry there to get amped up and excited for their team because you're doing, you know, you use all this rhetoric about, athletes doing battle and uh, we're gonna fight and win and prevail and uh, like you know so whatever it, it unifies it unifies communities in the sense that it unifies everyone who agrees with you and in, in the same sense roots for your same team so I, I don't i don't know it's just thinking that oh you sports you need to unify everyone competition unifies everyone that's it that's what it is um but in terms of you know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with ethan and say i, I don't mind the national anthem being played at games um, but let's let's dissect how we got to where we are now. Let's go back to 2007, 2008, when um, the Department of Defense was spending millions of dollars for paid patriotism. I mean, this this wasn't a thing. Athletes on the field for the national anthem wasn't a thing when we were kids. Um, it wasn't. It, 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 you know, the national anthem was played. Then they brought the athletes out. Then they did the starting lineups, and boom, the game goes. I still remember at Syracuse games. They would do the sparkly girls would do the national anthem with their sign language. And then they'd bring the players out because they'd run with the cards and, you know, they'd introduce the opposing team and you'd go, who's he bullshit, whatever. I don't care. You'd yell the stuff out because you rah, rah, go Syracuse. The other team sucks. Um, so anyway, like we put the players in this position, um, you know, the, the, the whole department of defense, we want to make a show about patriotism, make a show about the national anthem, make a show about, serve you know honoring our armed forces those are all fine things but if you're going to put the the you know if you're going to inject the players in that spot they're going to use that platform to to express themselves and express the things that affect them directly and affect their communities so um if you don't like it then just leave them in the locker room for the national anthem boom yeah. we're done it, problem fixed yeah um true. i find it pretty pretty frustrating and I, I feel like it's hypocritical of some of these people that criticize athletes for using their platform to protest but then will also get up in arms about social media companies limiting their free speech like you're doing the exact same thing so just like social media companies have a right to limit what you say on their platforms teams and team owners have a right to place restrictions on what their players do or say while they're on the job at work. Perfect example, Jerry Jones did it in Dallas two years ago. He said, there will be no people kneeling at my, on my team, you know, period, done. Um, you know, it's a private company. They, they decide what you want to do. Um, if the owners had a big deal about it, they would make rules and, and they did in the NFL and they, I mean, they made the rules a couple of years ago. So I don't know. I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a son of a veteran. Um, my dad was one of the guys that held the colors as part of the color guard before games at Syracuse University events. It's very important to him. I, uh, you know, I honor that and I respect that. But um, I also think that part of the reason he fought was so the pe people around here who felt like they were um, experiencing injustice in this, in this country could express themselves freely. Um, so, you know, uh, keep the national anthem. I'm, I'm happy to stand up and take my cap off, but um, don't get mad at players who express themselves. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm fired up. Now I'm ranting. No, it's good. Cats here. Your, your, your rant was much more organized. I feel like than mine. So I feel like mine was a little more rambly. So yours was good. Kyle, are you going to chime in on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree more with Matt unsurprisingly. Uh, I will say, I don't think I would care either way if the national anthem was played at sport events with that being said i like it because i'm in the belief that so ethan i understand like and i've known you forever so i i definitely understand your extreme hatred toward patriotism but i i just think there's something to be said about you know when the national anthem plays at least for me it's kind of like you know remembering where you came from you know like all the sacrifice that is that has happened for this country to be um 
you know, in the position that it is and for us to have the privileges, you know, as Americans that we do. And so that's kind of, you know, what I see it for is just to take a moment and be thankful and grateful for the freedoms that we do have. Cause I remind people all the time, if you don't think you're free, go to Russia and see how it is over there. Um, you know, or, or some of these Middle Eastern com- uh, countries and everything. Um, but as far as like sports unifying, they certainly do to a certain extent, but I mean, just think about in our lifetime, uh, 9-11 obviously is a big one. Uh, Katrina for the saints down in new Orleans is another big one. And I think the Boston marathon bombing in Boston in 2013, those are probably the three biggest ones, at least off the top of my head, mm-hmm. you know, they, they unified those specific communities. And I guess to a larger extent, 9-11, you know, there were a lot of Yankee fans that normally weren't Yankee fans just because of the severity of what happened on that day. But yeah, I don't know that it changed the politics of this country or changed the way that these people feel about other people. Like Ethan was saying, like the fundamental hate and the, the extreme, uh, you know, one way or another that, that, you know, people feel toward one another, toward policies, like that part of it didn't change because of horrific events. It just said like, okay, we're going to rally around, you know, the, and, uh, you know, the Yankees lost the world series, the saints, they didn't, that wasn't the year they won the super bowl. Was it? Yeah. So it was a couple of years after and the Red Sox did win the world series that year of the, the, uh, marathon bombing, but and not that that's like the end goal, but, you know, it'd be a, a cool uh, story. You know, if you were, if you were writing the story, that's how you would end it. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Um, I mean, I mean that's, that's a good point. Though. Those were very powerful events and those were good unifying events. And I do think there's a lot of, a lot of value and importance to that. And, and like you said, to remind us, remind us for at least a brief moment of what's, what's more important. But I think that's, that's the problem though, is at the end of the day, it is just that brief moment. And like to what I had said about unifying, like it did unify those communities in those instances, but it did not unify the country and it did not change even with the nine 11 in the, in the Yankees thing. I mean, yeah, maybe a lot of people wanted to go to war and, you know, fight uh, people in Afghanistan and, and so on, but I don't think it changed people's thoughts about policies and, you know, the things that we are doing in America. Like, you know, th- those are, you know, I think at what gets at the core of like why there is so much talk around, like, why are people kneeling? Why are people ignoring it? It's, it's like, well, do, what you don't believe in this or like you believe in that. And, you know, it's all these, these different beliefs and policies and it just gets all jumbled up at least in my head. But um I just think sports can only, it can only take it so far because it's just that brief moment. And then as soon as you leave the stadium or as soon as you leave the parking lot, like you're back to being that <laughs> asshole yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, you're, you're cursing people out as you're trying to get through. Tri- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck this guy with a Massachusetts license plate. I'm trying to get on the expressway. Fuck exactly. It. Like, you know. And I actually, I want to add one more thing to that. So, so Kyle, you were making the point about like with the national anthem and how for you, you know, you feel, you do feel this kind of, this kind of pride um, and this sort of nostalgia about our history um, and what got us here and the sacrifices and all of I think that. it's more, it, it's, I don't even know if it's nostalgia, but it, it's definitely not pride. It's not like I'm, okay. I wasn't, I'm not a veteran. I didn't fight. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything to earn what I, the privileges that I have, but I certainly recognize them. Sure. So, okay. So call it, call it what you will call it a, a, a sense of gratefulness or whatever. Now you are certainly not alone. I would say, I would say a a sizable majority probably feel that way, but the, the black community and the native community and just people of color of, of any kind, uh, the non, the non-white minorities have not had the same experience in the True. history of this country. And in True. fact, they have had an opposite experience, literally opposite. And so, and this also ties back into the patriotism thing. If you consider yourself a patriot, then you should be really fucking eager to learn from your country people, from your country men and women about their experiences. And if they tell you, my community has been getting completely fucked, 
for the entire history of this country, you should believe them and you should want to make your country better if you're an actual patriot, if you actually give a shit about everyone in your country. Okay. And so, so that's a big point just about this sort of idea in general. And then in terms of specifically with the anthem, consider that, consider, consider how, how you might feel if you had had experiences the way these other, these communities had had experiences, you're not going to feel some sense of gratefulness or pride or happiness or warmth or anything. You're just going to be thinking about the fucking exploitation and, and, and the discrimination and the persecution. You know what I mean? You're not going to, of course, why would you want to stand up and, and, and put and take off your hat and put your, 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 your hand on your heart? No fucking way you would, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that that's like an important consideration. People need to think about that and, and need to think about the fact that like when people tell you what their experience is, especially when it's like a large amount of people, you should fucking believe them. Okay. I don't care what news you follow. Uh, I don't care what your personal experiences have been. If you have people telling you about their experience, fucking believe them. And if it's bad and you give a shit, you should give a shit. If you're a decent person, then you, then you should, you should be trying to make things better somehow. So that's where, that's where the disconnect I think comes in in general is like, we're, we're all white males. And so there's an overwhelming majority of people out like us and it's okay to feel like I do, but it's not okay to ignore what you just said. Yeah. And and that is where the decisiveness comes in is because the, 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 I don't want to say it's all white males, um, but, but the people who are getting upset at these people who are saying, you know, we, we've been getting fucked, like you said, for all these years and that, you know, we don't, we don't feel the same way about America. And they're like, well, you know, this, this is a great country, you know, and, and everything like they just can't see that there might be another version to America. And if there is, how can I be part of the solution and not continue to be an extension of the problem? Yeah. hundred percent. It, it's like to, to bring some levity, it's like the South park episode um, where Stan doesn't understand why token the black character is upset at him. Yeah. And is trying to trying to make amends the entire time until finally at the end of the episode he goes to tell him, "Guess what? I understand now. I'm never going to get it. Like, I'm never going to be able to relate to the experiences that you've gone through because I'm a white dude." So and that's the point. Uh, and that that's the point exactly. Oh, I don't get it. Like, yeah. oh shit. So I need to try and not make it better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, we fucking did it. Tenth episode, and we got heavy as shit. Super controversial. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to have great results. Hey, I, hey, to all our listeners, I love all of you, and may disagree with your opinions, but not going to shy away from my own. All right, a, say, yeah, nice. say goodbye to the podcast. Bye. headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com